The good word we have been examining for the last several lessons is the word election. We've been focusing our attention on 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 4, knowing, brethren beloved, your election of God. We've talked about the meaning of election. The word church, ecclesia, means a called out company. God calls out those whom he will save. The method of election we've seen has a divine and a human standpoint. The divine standpoint is in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 2. We are chosen by God. We are purchased by Jesus Christ on the cross. And we are convicted by the Holy Spirit. As I mentioned in my previous lesson, as far as God the Father is concerned, I was saved when he chose me in Christ before the foundation of the world. As far as God the Son is concerned, I was saved when he died for me on the cross. As far as God the Holy Spirit is concerned, I was saved when he applied the word to my heart and I trusted Jesus Christ. Now, God chooses, but God also calls. And we saw in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, in verse 13, that God chooses some to salvation. In verse 14, he calls them by the gospel. And so it's important to note uh, as you study the word of God, that the same God who ordains that people are saved ordains the means whereby they shall be saved. Now that means is the man of God takes the word of God in the power of the spirit of God and presents the son of God. Now there's a beautiful picture of this back in the book of Acts in chapter 8. Philip the evangelist has been preaching in Samaria and multitudes of people are saved. But oddly enough, in verse 26 of Acts chapter 8, the angel of the Lord says to Philip, Arise and go toward the south, unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. Why leave a wonderful revival meeting in the city to go out into the desert country? Well, because a man was there whom God had chosen to be saved. And when Philip went down there, he saw this Ethiopian sitting in his chariot, reading the word of God. And the Spirit said to Philip, go near, and verse 30, Philip ran, and he went to the chariot. Now Philip could have said, well, Lord, if you're going to save him, you're going to save him, but he didn't, because Philip knew that the same God who chooses in eternity has to call through the word of God. You know the story. Philip said to him, do you understand what you're reading? The man said, no, somebody has to guide me. And so Philip got up into the chariot with him. The man was reading from Isaiah 53, and the word of God says in verse 35, Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. And the man was saved. Now, here is the pattern. Was this man chosen? Certainly he was. Only the elect are saved. But the same one who was chosen by grace was called by the gospel. The child of God, the servant of God, takes the word of God, led by the spirit of God, and presents the son of God. Now, you and I need to be doing this. I've heard people say, well, pastor, if I believed in election, I wouldn't do anything. Quite the contrary. If you believe in election, it makes you work harder. You say, well, how is that? Because you know that your work is not going to be in vain. You know, sometimes I get discouraged. Uh, church members don't realize this, but preachers get discouraged. Sometimes you preach and preach and nothing seems to happen. You visit and visit and nothing seems to happen. I know I'm speaking to some Bible, te Bible school teachers now, some Sunday school teachers, and you say, boy, I've been teaching my lesson and I've been praying for my kids and not much is happening. Well, you know what? 
The word of God says, in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Be not weary in well-doing. In due season we shall reap if we faint not. God knows what we're doing. And his word, according to Isaiah chapter 55, is not going to return void. I would not stand before my congregation week in and week out and make a fool out of myself. If I thought that what happens had to be done by me, if I thought that the eternal destiny of a soul was in the hands of a man, I certainly would quit preaching. I realize that the work we're doing is God's work. I am just an instrument in the hands of the Holy Spirit. As we prepare these programs week after week, we don't even know to whom we're speaking. I have no idea who's going to be listening. I cannot see my congregation. We broadcast our Sunday services. I can't see the congregation listening over the radio. But I know this much. There is a God in heaven who has chosen some to be saved. And he's going to use the preaching and teaching of his word and apply it to the hearts of people. This is the method of election. And so don't get discouraged. Election is not a a, a discouragement to Christians. Quite the contrary, election is a great encouragement to us. We know that our labor is not in vain. God is going to bless his word and it will not return void. Now, salvation is of the Lord. Nobody ever trusted Christ until first God spoke to him. There's not a person on this earth who began to be interested in spiritual things apart from the work of the Holy Spirit. In Romans chapter 3, the Bible says, There's none that understandeth, there's none that seeketh after God. Unsaved people don't seek after God normally, naturally. If a man is left to himself, he'll go to hell. But God, by his grace, chooses and calls. Now, if you're saved today, you ought to thank God for his grace. Now, election disturbs some people. They say, well, God's not fair. But look at at it this way. Suppose God decided to be fair. Suppose our God up in heaven said, all right, I'm going to do the thing that's fair. Do you know what he would have to do? He'd have to send every one of us to hell. Now, God does not do the thing that's fair. God does the thing that's gracious. God, in his grace, chooses some to be saved. Now, grace goes with faith, and works goes with law. Now, if you want to work your way into heaven, you're lost already because you can't do it. God said, I'm going to save people by grace. That means nobody deserves it. Now, God's not going to save everybody. We know this. Not everyone's going to be saved. In fact, the saved, the elect, are going to be a small group of people. Uh, I thank God that I'm among them. I trust you are among them. But you know, God in his grace chooses some to be saved. This is a marvelous truth. If God didn't save us by grace, we couldn't be saved at all. And if you're one of God's elect, you ought to thank him and you ought to give him your life and just serve him. You could have been born in the middle of some dark nation and never seen a Bible. You could have never heard the name of Jesus Christ. God in his grace chose you And if that doesn't make you a slave of Jesus Christ for the rest of your life, I don't know what will. When I marvel that God saved me, we sing amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. Now let's look at the marks of election. Paul says in verse 4, Knowing, brethren, beloved, your election of God. How can you know whether someone belongs to the elect? Well, verse 3 tells us, Remembering without ceasing your work of faith and labor of love and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of God and our Father. Let's take those three main words, faith, 
love, hope. These are the marks of salvation. How can you tell whether one belongs to the elect or not? Well, because he has faith in Jesus Christ. When these people heard the word of God, the word that came in power and in the Holy Spirit and in much assurance, they exercised faith. God gave them faith to trust in Jesus Christ. Now, if you have trusted Jesus Christ, you have experienced this work of faith. Then there's this labor of love. Now, unsaved people by nature don't love. They don't love God. Uh, over in Titus, when Paul describes our old life before we were saved, he said, hateful and hating one another. Now, I know unsaved mothers love their, uh, their children. Unsaved husbands love their wives. There is a kind of love in the heart of unsaved people. There is even a, a, a kindness in the hearts of some unsaved people. By nature, they are kind and thoughtful. But Paul's talking here about divine love. Romans chapter 5, Paul says, The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by his Spirit, which is given unto us. Now, unsaved people don't have this. Paul knew that these people were the elect of God because they had exercised faith in Jesus Christ, and secondly, because they showed love. Now, John deals with this over in 1 John. If you ever want to know whether or not you're saved, just read 1 John. That's why the book was written. In 1 John chapter 5, verse 1, Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone that loveth him that begat loveth him also that is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. Now, he's making it very clear here that love is a mark of salvation. Before I was saved, I had no special love for God's people. I thought they were crazy. Who would want to go to church on Sunday night, on Wednesday night? Who would want to go to a revival meeting? But after I was saved, I wanted to be with God's people. I love God's people. I know all their faults. I know all my faults, but I love God's people. I didn't love the Bible. I read it. I studied it. I did my Sunday school lesson. It didn't hurt me, but I had no love for the Word of God. After I was saved, I had a love for the Word of God. I had no love for souls. After God saved me, I had a love for souls. I wanted to see other people saved. Now, a friend of mine, Paul tells us that we are among the elect if we have exercised faith in Christ, if we show love. Thirdly, the patience of hope. Unsaved people have no hope. Ephesians chapter 2 tells us that unsaved people have no hope. Hope has to do with the future. Now, an unsaved person has no future. If I speak right now to someone who's never been born again, you have no future. But you know, when you come to Christ as your Savior, God gives to you a blessed hope. You're not worried about the past. It's been taken care of. You're not worried about the present because God is with you. And you're not worried about the future because Jesus is coming for you. Now, it's interesting that these three statements in verse 3 parallel what he says in verses 9 and 10. Look at verses 9 and 10. For they themselves show of us what manner of entering in we had unto you, how that ye, here we go, turn to God from idols. Now, that is the... Uh, work of faith. They turned from their idols and trusted in the living God. They turned to God from idols, that's the work of faith, to serve the living and the true God. Now that is the labor of love. Instead of serving idols and serving the lusts of the flesh, they served God. And to wait for his son from heaven, that's the patience of hope. In other words, this election shows up in our daily lives. You can see the marks of election in a person's life. 
When a person exercises that work of faith, he turns from idols to God. When he exercises that labor of love, he serves the living and the true God. And when he exercises that patience of hope to wait for his son from heaven, unsaved people aren't waiting for Jesus to come back. They're scared to death of that. Unsaved people aren't serving the living and true God. If you want to know what they're serving, they're serving divers in various lusts. They're serving the prince of the power of the air. They're serving the things of this world. Now, there is an inward witness of the Holy Spirit that proves that we're among the elect. He tells us this in verse 5. Our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance. The Holy Spirit of God witnesses in your heart that you are saved. Now, he said our assurance and the assurance that you have is not just a bunch of words. I know I've heard people say, are you saved? Yes, I'm saved. How do you know? Well, the Bible tells me so. Fine. Is there anything else that tells you so? If the witness of the Holy Spirit down in your heart does not tell you that you're saved, it may be you've never really been saved at all. Paul said, when I preached to you, it wasn't just a bunch of words. And when you believed, it wasn't just a bunch of words. It was the witness of the Holy Spirit in your heart. And the Spirit of God bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Romans chapter 8, verse 16. The Spirit himself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. So there is the inward witness of the Holy Spirit that marks the elect, but there's also the outward witness, the work of faith, the labor of love, and the patience of hope. Now, we can't go into this in detail right now. We'll pick it up again in our next lesson. But I want to make it clear as we close this lesson that a Christian is one who has had an inward experience of love and faith and hope. He knows he has assurance in his heart that he is one of God's children. Now, if I speak to someone right now who doesn't have this assurance, I would ask you to get alone with the Lord, open the Word, talk to God, and let the Holy Spirit of God assure you that by trusting in Jesus Christ, you are born again. Now, the next time we're together, we'll talk further about these matters, and we'll see how that this church was not only an elect group, it was also an exemplary group. And so we trust you'll tune in again next time when we meet together around the Word of God and answer the question, what's the good word?